Moncrief with Energlaze on News Talk. The recent census confirmed what many people there already knew. Balbriggan is the most ethnically diverse town in Ireland, a change that Kevin Curran has personally witnessed. He's from the town and over a decade ago returned there to teach. But Kevin's also a writer and so set out to write a novel set in Balbriggan, but in the voices of four young people who live there. It's called Youth. Kevin, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Sean. Could I start by asking you about the language that you use in the book? Yes. In, in that, did you have to, because this is it's slang and it's always changing and it's kids from various ethnic backgrounds. Yes, that, yeah. that, that, did you have to almost kind of come up with a thesaurus for yourself to be able to write it correctly? I did. You got me, uh, it's been six years in the making. So as you know, language changes so quickly. So I had to kind of cut off the slang at around two years ago, two, 2021, around that, was where you had to stop. You can't keep up with how quick it moves. Mm. Um, I would have got it from the kids in school, uh, back in Barbering Community College, I would have heard them. So we would have set up a class, like, if you give a context before we even get started, um, a class in front of me, 50%, 40-50% would be Black Irish mm. uh, in the community college and you know, definitely 50% would be second generation immigrants. So we have an amazing, crazy mix in the classroom. So you hear all sorts of slang. So I had an LCA class about five years ago and um, we set up a dictionary, literally on the board for English <laughs> and communications, because we were trying. To, I was trying to get them to write vernacular writing, and uh, so we just said, "Right, let's get this dictionary going." Now, for me, I kept it to about three A four pages, because what I was hearing was like incredible. I was like, "Wow!" And you know yourself as a writer, uh, you, I wasn't hearing this anywhere else on a page or seeing it anywhere else on a page. So I was like, "Okay, this is something different. This is something new. See if I can if I can nail it. If I can get it down." Um, so then we got that dictionary going, and then I wrote from a first person perspective like that in that slang and then about two years ago just to be safe I gave the, the Angel is a character who, who writes in this first mm. person kind of he's in uh, a Congo Irish kind of character uh, I gave that piece to another student that I'd know I said read this and see what you think and he said ooh he looks at me like I'm crazy how do you know all this he says you're, you're, you're on point as he'd say for all of this and then there's another character princess who wouldn't use so much slang um, she's Nigerian Irish in the book and she's 17 but just to be safe with her again I would have given her chapters to four four African Irish girls one girl about two years ago and then three girls who literally did their leaving set this year so I had literally 17 year old Nigerian Irish girls reading the princess who was a 17 year old Nigerian Irish so they'd come into um, into class after school for like once a week for about six weeks this October and uh, they'd read I'd leave them to it and they'd read the three girls I have to mention them because they'll kill me if I don't <laughs> Glory, Tomalina and Queenie and they'd read for about half an hour and I'd come back into the room they'd look at me like how do you know all this? You know, yeah. I was like, well, I observe, you know, I've been teaching there for 12 years. They, I, the 16 year olds stay the same. They might pass through, but they're still 16, 17, 18 year olds, whereas I'm getting older, but I'm observing it. And so at the end of it all, uh, about six weeks worth of reading, I went in and we, so they had marks. Like, wow, how do you know this and this? And I said, is there anything from a 17 year old you know, Nigerian Irish girl's perspective that I might have missed? You know, what am I, what's a glaring miss? in this or you think I need to add in they treat them looked at each other and they just laughed and he said uh, princess needs to do more chores said, <laughs> <laughs> so I was like okay, okay, okay so I was on to the editor straight away I said okay we got to add some more chores in here but uh, as far as the language goes yeah it changes all the time my god and it's exhausting trying to keep up so I didn't I, I yeah. stopped it around 2021 yeah and then for a reader who isn't familiar with any of this language yeah. was, there, was there another challenge on top of that so they can understand what, what's going on really? yeah so I learned the lesson with that I wrote a short story it actually started this whole novel back in 2015 called Saving Tanya and it, and it was the first person again uh, 
15-year-old talking and like was every second word. So I wanted to go full-on vernacular, like, you know, and mm. I walk down the street and like, I see this and like. And then a good writer friend of mine said afterwards, he says, there's too many likes in there. And he was right. So yeah, it's a, it's a balancing act. You want to keep to the actual vernacular and how it's spoken, but you also have to make it a nice reading experience too. Yeah. But you have to go all in. As you know yourself, if you're going to go there, you have to go there and you have to hope to bring the reader with you with the vernacular and with the language. And I think I've done that from... Uh, from feedback so far, but yeah. To, yeah, to give the full experience. And, and, and as you know, language forms meaning and people's understanding of the word. So, so the, the, and obviously you're writing about Balbriggan yeah. because it's such a fantastic example of this. How does that intersect with, I suppose, our common or garden understanding of what Irishness is? Is this a new sort of Irishness? Is it? Yeah. Can you work out percentages as to what no, it is or no, what is it? it? it it's, it's all part of the one big green uh, c- collection that is Irishness but it's an amazing angle and an amazing kind of new shoot of Irishness that I'm privileged enough and kind of lucky enough to be in the classroom and witnessing and as a writer I have to look at it and go well this wasn't on the page isn't on a page it's not in any books someone has to document it you know other kids Princess Will and Angel Will the characters like that in years to come but now as I see it's like this has to be documented you know mm. in 10-15 years time people will say oh you were in Balbriggan you know around 2020 and this and kind of bloom of new uh, Irish people were in the in the town, and you didn't think of like writing about it. And, you know, I had to, I had yeah, to make that move yeah. and, and do it. And you've seen Balbriggan change, in, yeah, yeah, particularly yeah, yeah. in that respect over you know a couple of decades. Yeah, well, that's the see, that's the angle I, I come at it from, and I'm lucky enough to obviously. So in in the book, the primary school, the kids would go to. I went to, you know, the secondary school I teach in is the secondary school I went to as a student. Um, so I had good friends growing up and one friend in particular would have been biracial and you know you see like in any town in Ireland I'm sure he had big problems because he was you know biracial and he had mm. things happen that were not nice and you'd witness it and you'd be saying this you know it's, it's not right and it's the same with any town around Ireland but then when I returned to the school then and returned to the town in my mid-twenties um, you kind of I was blown away by how things had changed and how attitudes had changed and don't get me wrong they hadn't done a full a full circle but um, I'm 12 years there now and the, the change in dynamic in the town, the change in attitude and the change in, in language and experience for people in our school in particular. Now, I can't talk about other schools. I can't talk about other towns. Mm. Is incredible. Like, it's incredible. Um, just a sense of solidarity amongst all the kids working together in a sense of inclusiveness and multiculturalism. It's it's mad. It's it's it's, it's brilliant. But I can only talk about what I see in front of me. And so I'd say that to my friend and... He's blown away by it. He's like, this is brilliant, but, you know, it didn't help me 20 years ago and it yeah. wouldn't help other people who are, and I'm sure the same experiences nowadays around the country, but just in this small pocket of the country. Like I say, Balbriggan is in the last census, uh, it was the most diverse large town in Ireland and it was also the youngest uh, large town in Ireland. So I, my line is like, Balbriggan is Ireland's future now. It's literally, you know, what we're living now is 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 Ireland of the future mm. um, just from what I see the change has been amazing and uh, exceptional but it wasn't always like that I just, yeah, yeah. Well, at the same time of course those kids face different sorts of challenges of course oh, you, that, and that's the thing you know it's it's not all what's, what's the same wine and roses you have to in writing these characters now in the book there's there's, there's two white Irish characters there's two black Irish characters um, for me they were always from Balbriggan that's the starting point so they're Balbriggan kids mm. they're born in Balbriggan they went to the same primary school as me they went to the same secondary school as me but you can't ignore then obviously the socioeconomic challenges the the obstacles that each each I was going to say student each character faces as they go through life and it's up to me as a writer then to be able to write that well and make sure I'm 
getting their experience because it's from a first person perspective each of the four characters yeah. so you have to write it from their perspective and see the challenges that, that they're facing on the streets as they go through life as as a black Irish Bob Regan person or as a um, a working class white Irish Bob Regan person you know they all have different challenges and yeah. hopefully I got them I got them down you know As a teacher though uh, the kids you're teaching now, how do they see their future? Do, do they see themselves fitting in? And obviously, as you've described it, things have improved immensely, mm. at least in Balbriggan. Yes, have. yeah. Um, yes, they do. And they, they do see a future. And they, But I think it's, it's, a, it's a constant back and forth, as in it's a constant conversation about what is possible. Because if we're talking about uh, black Irish students in particular, um, they would have no one to to look towards and say, oh, that's where I'm going to go mm. and that's what I'm going to do. And even we, we did an audio book and uh, Gabriel Adwusi, who's a, an amazing actor, did the angel voice in the audio book and he's now doing the Druid O'Casey. And we, we were talking, he says the same, just to see someone that you can say, oh, so that's the route I can take where I'm going. And I know people are, people moan and say there's, there's, there's no, um, the, the, the teaching is a very homogenous kind of uh, profession. You wouldn't see any, any teachers of colour of any sort. But like, Students need to see someone to see a path that's laid out for them. Um, I know as, as far as this book will go, people are saying, well, you, others, some would be saying you shouldn't be writing these types of characters. But if my, my angle on this is, like to answer your question, if if someone isn't writing the kind of character or showing them the characters in action around Dublin, around Balbriggan, then who's going to do it next or where will they see it as a way for them there? Mm. But, um, as far as the classroom goes, I think... Yeah, uh, the students are, they do, they do see a future, of course they do, and they, they see a bright future there, and they, they do work as hard as anyone else, and that's what I mean, the sense of solidarity in the classroom, there's no sense of difference, and I can't do this, and I can't do that, they're, they're together as a group, and they, they work together as a group, I suppose. I imagine that, 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 say, in English class, the literature they read doesn't really reflect their experience very much. No, that, that, that is a problem that has come up, and even as a teacher myself, you're, you're learning constantly, like, uh, for 12 years, Text you would have read to kill a mockingbird. You know, I would have read that in the with a junior mm. cycle class probably ten years ago. I would not do it now, um, for a myriad number of reasons. It's great. It's a great book. I enjoyed the book, but I wouldn't do it. Even like we were talking uh, only literally a number of months ago with my fifth year and sixth year groups, and they'd have fifty percent black Irish in the class, and they were just saying like, "What's the story with every text we seem to read that has a a black character in it?" Would you know, certain words are used that, like, why do they have to be used, and why does it always have to tie back to slavery? And even with again with the audio book, um, the two car- two actors that played them, uh, would have had Florence Adibambo and, and Gabriel, as I said, when I when they got the script for the audio book, they were saying like, Florence has only ever read characters with direct provision in in the kind of in yeah. the script. And there is, so she read the princess chapter. She's like, well, I've never read this. It's just a black Irish girl on the streets of Dublin. Same with Gabriel. And it's the same with the kids in school. And you can only ignore for so long as a writer, you know, and especially when I've access to this, that the books we're reading with black characters are, you bring issues into the class that don't necessarily need to be in there. You know, can kids not just go into the room, sit down and enjoy a piece of literature without having to think of the historical, you know, slavery issues in America and colonialism in England. I know people say that should be addressed, but... There are times where maybe they should be able to sit there and enjoy a book. Like as yeah, as, as a white yeah. as our white kids in the class, they don't ever have to deal with any massive issues of slavery or colonialism in the text that they read. But we just think that we're educating the black Irish kids. Whereas in a way, I'm thinking like maybe they just need deserve a book that is just about kids walking the street without any of the massive issues being yeah. thrown in their in their way. I see because it's interesting when you bring up To Kill a Mockingbird that 
presumably if you're a black Irish kid, there's certain words in there you would really wouldn't want to read. And and by the same token, then that that the language is changing and evolving all the yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. Are there words going out of usage, or, or at least words for that generation would find completely unacceptable? Yes. There's obvious examples. Yeah, but. yeah. Like even like with um, the John Steinbeck of mice and men. You know, there's, there's there's the historical term, the word that you'd never use, is in there a number of times. But then there's also another word that was in the late fifties. The, the substitute for African American, and then yeah. that became, and so even in the conversation with uh, my fifth years this year, because um, we'd have you know a conversation about language and what words, and one girl in particular kind of looked at me and said, "Sir, you said that word in in class numerous times." Now she's talking about the substitute word for African American that was used in the fifties, not yeah. the you know the out not there the crazy words. Yeah. yeah, and I was saying to her like. Like, you know, obviously Emma de Beery would talk about this and James Baldwin. But then I was about to argue the point. I said, well, who am I to argue the point? If mm. she didn't like the word being used, it's not my place to tell her. Yeah. You know, so I was like, put my hands up and say, OK, uh, thank you. If I, I was going to give her the historical context, but it's not my place to give her the historical context. If she didn't like the word, it's hers not to like. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, so I just spoke to the English department and said, do we really need to be... Um, reading of my cement we really need to be bringing these issues into the class there are other books out there yeah. that, that we can read I'm sorry John Steinbeck I love him but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, but for a 15 year old 14 year old if, yeah. they're, if, they're, if they're not feeling comfortable in a room as she said she gave me side eye and side eye for her is like you know this guy you know what's you know and that's totally unintentional but that's me you know 12 years teaching you're, you're learning as you go along every, every year in class and especially as an English teacher with language and how powerful language can be and how it can capture a moment, but it can also, you know, make people feel uncomfortable. And you don't want that, especially in an English classroom. You want kids to be able to sit back, open up a book and say, this is going to be great fun. I'm going to love yeah, this class. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, drill music, extremely important <laughs> in the book as well. Now, you're a musician as well. So, like, what is drill music? Oh, actually, man, first? What, is, what is drill music? <laughs> like, I could give you the historical. I came from Chicago, but it's made its way over to London now. And again, I was sitting on this in school. So there's, there's kids in school like a, a few years ago one lad with his little poetry and a copy and he'd be writing his raps in it and then mm. I'd, and then all of a sudden he's about two years after leaving the school he's getting a couple of million views 10 million views on YouTube for his drill music and like the lads that I'd know would be getting about 350,000 listens a month on Spotify drill music is massive it's an underground thing and it's all done from home you know yeah. even the beats themselves are free at the start I can't talk about now were free beats that you get from YouTube Yeah, and then they take the video and all the lads would be in the video and it's just so that's drill music now unfortunately the, the, the lyrical content of drill music is it's quite violent and misogynistic and I'd even say to him when he was in school like you can only talk about this certain stuff for so long but his attitude was yeah but this is to get me a platform and from there then you move into hip hop proper Yeah, and they're all striking the pose with drill music now it's you know in, in England they've big problems with it I believe they've kind of brought in a law that you know they'll post certain videos Um but they haven't done that in Orange yet, so I hope it's just, as they say, it's vibes. It's just they're messing. They're just striking a pose. They're being these characters yeah. and getting a million or 10 million views. And, wow. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Uh, the name of the book is Youth. Kevin Curran is the author. Kevin, thanks a million. Sean, thanks so much. Moncrief. Weekdays at 2pm. With Anna Glaze. On News Talk.